The following podcast is brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Powerful Friends community. Become a Powerful Friend today and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, ad-free podcasts, monthly giveaways, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The Tumbling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Hey everybody, welcome back to Worthy of Recognition for 2019, the month of May. Uh, I've been here, sitting here already for 15 minutes, talking to the one and only Dave Donovan, and I'm all, my... I'm already like, my, I'm already sore from laughing so much. <laughs> we are nice and warmed up, so let's get to this. Dave, how you doing, my friend? We're winning. How's it going? Hello, hello, hello. It's uh, yeah. It's. <laughs> mm. I already feel like I've taken a bunch of goofy pills. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> it's only what three o'clock. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Ten a.m. But yeah, who's counting? Uh. <laughs> so hey, Ben, man, it's it's kind of ridiculous to me that it's taken this long to get together but here we are finally um everything good in ireland it's a lovely sunny warm beautiful day and that's unusual and i don't i'm just sitting here going i I have my notes ready and i said okay i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this i have things to say (laughs) i have things no i have things to say can i just say that moose-headed Latino weirdo from last week. <laughs> you know who I mean. You know who I mean. Here's what he goes. He goes, it's like he doesn't stream a consciously. No. I, I, listen to, I listen to something Saber every week, and here's him, like, baked off his brain. <laughs> baked off his brain. Unlike his edibles. And... The stream of consciousness. Blah, 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 blah. I will find you. I will cut your moose head off, and I will stick it on my head. I'll stick it on my head and my wall. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Well, you know wait, without, I mean. without naming names. I... By the way, by the way, by the way, I'm wearing the t-shirt. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Available in the tea public store. Twenty-four Oh my goodness! I don't even have to do my own shameless plugging. That's amazing. <laughs> he knows who I mean. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. By now, I think everybody has figured it out, right? What's what's that word? Uh, the, name the devil, and he will flee from thee. <laughs> <laughs> I will find oh, you. God. Okay. Wow. There's a start for you. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you about this. We didn't we didn't speak about this in our little pre-chat, but you got sure. to see Hollywood Babylon this past week. Yeah, man. That's been like oh, a wow. bucket list thing. And I it, they never come here. And I how was that? That was odd. Uh because I obviously know who Kevin Smith is and I adore him and you adore him. But the other guy, Ralph Garman, I you know, I I wasn't aware. And I'm not aware of him. And then I went home and I watched so many videos of his. And I was like, just like stuff, anything. And he's like, he was hysterical. He was brilliant. And he kind of was the compare. And Kevin was kind of more 
backseat. It was really odd. But when Kevin was Kevin, Kevin was Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Kevin. feel like Kevin just kind of sits there and makes comments, but really it's yeah, Ralph yeah. Garment's impressions Ralph, and it's, it's his... Ralph show. It's, it yeah, is Ralph's yeah. show. It is. But it was so funny. They were so... I just... I only got to meet him for a second. No, I didn't even meet him. I just handed him Hindsight, a book by Matthew Keegan and written by Mark uh, Godsev and Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plug. But yeah, but like let's yeah, yeah let's really, let's let's really. plug away on that. So that that's really interesting because I was hoping we'd go there. Our friends, our good friends, Mark Godsev and, and and Paul Jones and of course Kigo wrote Hindsight together, a novel. Here's an actual printed book from our friends. And you had a chance to give a copy to Kevin Smith and say, check this out. So what happened was all this, I normally have access, full access to that venue because my brother plays there all the time, but it just worked out weird. So we ended up at the front of the stage and people were handing him stuff and he was signing stuff and taking pictures and da da da. And I was like, you inspired this. All I got to say was you inspired this book. And he, he just goes, are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> Pure Kevin. Like, <laughs> I was like, just just please. And he's like, yeah, of course, man, of course. And, and he put it on his table. He got a little handful. He got like four or five things he had to carry off stage. But he, he took that. And I was just like so happy. It was just for them, just for the lads. Because that, you know, that means that that's going to mean a lot to them. It does. So. Of course. It was so much fun. But it was hysterically funny. It is a funny show. I've been listening to that show for five or six years now. Yeah. And it is, it's always almost the same show week after week where they do the same segments, but it never fails to make me laugh. And the gig was exactly that. It was just them sitting there talking about the news of the week, but, and it shouldn't have been, but you know what? They went kind of extra, you know, they went extra. They went into kind of like, they went way longer and they went way more language and kind of just, you know, they're the, not selling anything. They're just doing this. They're selling themselves, essentially. Yeah, yeah, totally. He, he, they showed us, Kevin built up a huge, huge bit about showing us a clip of from the new Jay and Silent Bob movie <gasps> and with Ralph Garman in it. Oh. And they showed us the clip. They actually showed us the clip with him in it. And it's perfect. It's just exactly James and Bob, but it's Bob Garman too. <laughs> and it's perfect. I, someone asked, I can't remember who it was. Someone asked in something cyber who, what, what the clip was. And I don't, his whole thing was like, just don't record it and don't tell anyone. And just, we're going to show you this. It was so much fun. Oh, that's it amazing. Like, Did they mention it, when it's coming out? Um, I get the impression uh, I get the impression that this short run around Europe, this isn't based on anything they said, but, you know, that this is kind of to get money to kind of finish it. That's based on nothing, but just, it was a bit kind of like, mm, stuff was said, it was just kind of odd. But uh, they were flaky about the answer about that. Oh, they, so they were like, asked? Yeah. Uh, Someone, someone was like, you know, when's it coming out? Da, da, da. It was a bit, it was a bit of a dancing on little bits of ice kind of thing. It was like, it's coming. 
that's all. <laughs> yeah, sometimes these movies take a frustratingly long time, especially like an independent movie like that, where it's yeah. You just I, I feel like it's not going to come until twenty twenty, which is going to. He told he told great stories. He was like, you know, he's like, we got Chris Hemsworth, we got like all these like famous people in, we got all these famous, and like then he was like, yeah, but they only became because you know every every single one of them finished their scene and they tapped me on the shoulder. It was like, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad. And, he's like, and then he realized they they thought I was going to die because of the heart attack and that's the only reason they're here. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he, you know, his thing was like, I got to know my movie. I don't really care. <laughs> it was a bit weird. That's Yeah, that's amazing. Anyway, I, I'm glad yes. you got to check it out. I, I hope they come to, to my town one day. They've I, I don't know if they ever have, but certainly not in the last five, six years. They've done, they've done kind of mad faraway places in Canada though. They've you know, they've gone up to Saskatchewan and kind of weird places. Yeah, they've it's done a, they've done a lot of western Canada, but they've not come east. Anyway, let's uh let's steer but, things back to the galaxy far, far away. Okay. Uh what is like bring us back as we always do here. Your Star Wars origin story. I, I you know, as we're all kind of OT kids here. I suppose you're no different. You got? Did you get to see any of the OT in theaters at the time? Picture the old country. <laughs> it's it's, it's 19xx. <laughs> I don't know what it was. And um, my first memory, oh. I know I've I know I've posted the photograph in Tumbling Cyber in our private group that people should join. Um, Another plug. My, ding ding ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my father bringing me to see a double bill. Of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back together, and it was like 1980, I think, two. 1982, I think. And what happened was, it just sort of what's that word? It just sort of melted into my head, and I was like, right, this. Yeah, it captivated then, you. Right, completely. So. He brought me so this what what this mean and I did ask him later on. He he had seen he'd seen Star Wars in 1978 when it got to Ireland because it wasn't released here. You know it was always later, like years later sometimes that films would release. But uh, he brought me to see Empire and and A New Hope together, and then literally just like I burned into my head. I was like. I walked out of the cinema going, making Millennium Falcon noises, going, <laughs> you, know, that, that, you know, just like, you know, just the asteroid thing, just like the the Millennium Falcon was the thing I came away with. Like, not Chewie, not Han, not Luke, just the ship. I don't know why, but that's what it was. And then it just a uh, family, my, my brother, I have an older brother who's, long story, uh, he, he kind of was the one you know when your older brother tells you what's cool and what's to like oh you're the older brother you wouldn't know about this <laughs> Corey Corey <laughs> but uh, it was just one of those things he was always there but uh, my dad remembers it I sent him the picture and he was like hi no star <laughs> he doesn't anymore but you know, he's in his 70s or whatever but uh, we went and we had just 
It just stuck. It just stuck in my head. Weirdly, here's the fun part. I did not see Return of the Jedi until 1989. So there was a six-year gap or, you know, longer. Wow. And because Adam from the from the retro ink will tell you about this. They, they used to show Star Wars and Empire on TV here in Britain and Ireland every Christmas. Every Christmas, religiously, the two those two films would be on TV every Christmas. Every Christmas. And that was the only time you got to see them. So then you get you, you get the VCR out when you got one. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and, and you just wear the tape down. The only time I, I stole, the only time I stole anything <laughs> was, I got caught as well. But I got to keep the tape weird. It was you know, you know, you know, you know, there's um it was a VHS of it was Empire Dreams, but it was a VHS of it. Literally from a shop and just like ran home with it. Because my thing is always the ships and the model building and you know, the you know how do they do that? you know, all that creature workshop and all that. That was my thing. So it went quiet then, and we had the dark years, the dark time, and here we are. That's pretty cool, man. I, wow, that, that that whole thing has has sort of dazed me. Like you had that six seven year gap between between seeing Empire and, and I Jedi. I don't know how, Kyle. I don't know how. It's really <laughs> I, I really just don't know how. <laughs> like I think maybe I think maybe. I just did not, I did never see Jedi till about, I remember specifically because my father went to, he's in the armed forces here, uh, he he went to Lebanon, he's in the UN, and um, peacekeeping forces, and I just didn't see it, and then I just saw it, and I was like, ah. and I was like 13 or 14, and I was like, ah. it reawoke my thing, so then I started building a million falcon all the time. All the time, I built like fifteen of them now. I mean, yeah, that's that's so interesting. Were, were you at least watching A New Hope and Empire in between, over and over, or was it no, just a void? No, it was no. like a black hole of Star Wars for that. No, it switched. It switched. Um, we had it, it kind of, it kind of switched off. It kind of switched off. I, I had I had other interests. Which I don't. I remember loving Thundercats and kind of He-Man and stuff. You know, like we all did, and Transformers. And I had all those toys. I don't know where they are now. I'd love to know where they are now. But but um, apparently all my Star Wars toys are still in an attic in a house my family no longer live in. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, some family just got in touch with us. A couple of years ago, I'm like, you left loads of stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That's crazy. All right, so over the years then, um, you know, we all have these different and unique Star Wars experiences, but somebody or some peoples have impacted you more than others. So who who do you want to start your list off with? Who Who's the first name ah. on your Mount Rushmore of Star Wars? Let's start with the loopholing. Let's have it. <laughs> I'm going to loophole the ever-living stuffing out of this. <laughs> Curry! Curry! <laughs> okay. All right, okay. You're not going to like it. I'm sorry, folks. But but J.W. Rinzer. Well, who's that? 
he's amazing. But he goes on the he goes on the mountain. He goes on the mountain. For why not? He's he. But 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 you're gonna have people going. He but he didn't make anything. Blah, blah, blah. No, but he gave us three. I'm looking at them. They're right here in my hand. I'm. It's Ew. about five full inches of Star Wars history <laughs> in the form of these amazing making of books. I put him up there because if it weren't for him, like even Lucasfilm, people, different people have said from Lucasfilm that he discovered stuff like. He found stuff and discovered stuff that was in the bin. <laughs> you know, it was in the archives getting thrown out. And nobody wanted, you know, they didn't even know it was there. You know, and I, I bought those making of Star Wars books. The, they're essential. Absolutely. They're essential. They are essential. And his whole thing was, like, I got upset because he was on a different couple of different podcasts talking about them. And he was like, yeah, but if you buy the digital edition... You'll get to see all the clips and sound effects and other stuff. And I was like, I bought the book. Do I have to buy? <laughs> Do I, you know what I mean? That's the, yeah. That's the the deadly trade off is that if you buy digital, you can't have them in your house whenever you want them. But you also get some cool add ons like audio and video, which yeah. He but he he found mountains and mountains of interviews and footage and stuff that just was never going to and like. Lucasfilm all over later. Yeah, yeah, we have that. We own that. But he he's like a treasure. I know they have a, a fractured relationship. I don't know what you'd call that. They have problems. He doesn't seem happy with them. I don't know. I, I didn't read that blog he wrote. He wrote a lengthy blog about his problems with them. I, he was he wrote the Force Awakens making of book and and it got scrapped. What was that? Uh, I suspect we'll never know. But it, yeah, you're right. It does. There does seem to be some weird thing going there's on there. There's bad blood, at least. My thing is, like, like if they told him, maybe, you know, we're not going to put this out until this trilogy is finished. If I was that author, I'd go, okay, fair enough. Can I have my money now, though? <laughs> Just put the same time. You don't know. Yeah, it's, it is a shame though, because I mean, as good as the the art of books are, you know, it's his books. J.W. Rinsler's making of books are just incredible. They're the best Un- best books I own. Untouchable, untouchable. That that other thing about the the Last Jedi book, if you the art of the Last Jedi book, if you read it, it it's actually more like a making of. Yep, for sure. It's it, it, it's like it's got those day by day by day sort of notes here we were we're doing this we're doing this and you're going oh, Rinsler should be doing this because <laughs> yeah. he was so he, I, I know we spoke before sorry folks but, but I know we spoke before about the getting that archives book you know the big one the big passion Paul Duncan yeah yeah is his name Paul Duncan Paul Duncan yeah I think is. you're right and I heard him on a, a on something the other day and he, he was talking about you know he wanted to tell the story through George's voice. All of all of the whole book is through George's voice. And I was like, yeah, but do I want to spend 150 quid on that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. I'd rather the Rinsler actual what happened rather than someone interpreting someone's memory of the thing. 
him and George fought apparently and I was like, Oh, okay, just I'm just gonna avoid that. Well, I think the, big, the, the allure of the that big Paul Duncan book is the amount of images and just the big huge format of it. Yeah, right, right. But it, it's I, I saw it in a shop. It's in a shop here and I picked it up. It's it's obnoxiously heavy. <laughs> it's really huge. It's a, I, I, I also saw it in a, in a bookshop here not too long ago, about three weeks ago. It's massive. Yeah. It's absolutely massive. Like you can't it's put that not on a kind shelf. Of like, we have that thing, you know, the you have the, you have the book of cows here or whatever, and all those kind of things. Like, you can only watch one page a day. It's so heavy. It's so treasure and expensive and priceless. You have to be kind of just careful, you know. Yep, for sure. <laughs> and after all, I mean, it's it's a great book, but it's still just a book, and it's going to set you back a huge chunk of change. It's a chunk of change. It seriously is. But yeah, J.W. Rinsler has done a, a, a massive amount to shed light on the OT, and yeah, absolutely, he belongs on on. on or at least he belongs in the conversation. You're the first person to to mention him, so well, well, nice well, job. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because I was just like listening back to everybody, like all the better people than me. Like that is, I was like, everybody has done. Ben Burt has done. You know, <laughs> Marshall Lucas. He, he, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna loophole this. <laughs> no, that's a great. That's a great shout, Dave. Good one. Cool. All right, so let's let's move on. Who, who, if if that's where we're starting, I'm excited to see where we're going next. Predictable as oh shit, John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody just sort of just bows their head to this one. Yeah, I just subverted your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep this one short. There's no need, you know. If you make Star Wars in 1977, and you take completely John Williams out of it. You do not, and just put in, and they thought about this at one point, they were going to put in what they thought was future music, which at the time was kind of disco-esque. If you take that out, you take John Williams out, we're not talking about Star Wars today. No, it we're is. Not. It's it's an essential part of the Star Wars DNA. It's, 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 he is. Even inconceivable he, for me to to think of another composer's music there. Like it just, it, none of nobody it works. Nobody else. Nobody else could do this. Imagine it being like, yeah, I remember watching Battlestar Galactica and Book Rogers when I was a kid. You know, remember those eighties, like the TV shows? Yep. And they had future music, what they thought music in the future would sound like. I remember thinking, no, <laughs> you know, no, you can't do that. You know what I mean? You can't do that. You do that now, with Star Wars, at any point, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, it really someone, doesn't. Some, someone said to me about um, Tron. You know, remember the Disney reboot of Tron? Yeah, for sure. And they had Daft Punk in it. And I totally get that. I was like, that actually worked. That would actually work. But in Star Wars at the time, in 1977, no, wouldn't work. No, wouldn't God, work. no. <laughs> No, it's, it, it's, it was doing something that wasn't being done at the time, which is to put these gigantic orchestral scores into movies. Like nobody was doing that anymore. I don't know. I don't know who the Yuuzhan Vong are. I don't know who. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't know Tron is. I, I don't care about that stuff. My thing is actually more about the backwards of it all. The the lovely 
making of it all, the nuts and bolts of it all, and, and the soundtrack of it all. But like the soundtrack of it all, oh my god! I met someone only last last September, and his his uncle played. He was his uncle played cello, I think, in, in the original, you know, recording in 1977, back in Elstree or not Elstree, what's called Abbey Road. And I was like, oh, no. and, but he was the same way. He was like, oh my god, and I was like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we were we were both excited, but that stuff's more exciting to me sometimes than the than the where's Yoda from? <laughs> yeah, I, I I get that. I, there's a piece of fandom that wants to know every bit about how the movie gets made and and how all the all the pieces come together than the actual story itself. What is the force, Kyle? Kyle, what is the that, force? That is a, that is a that's a question for Corey. <laughs> Gather around the campfire with Corey. Spark up a few big. Ba- yeah, I can't do that. So, but I'll, I'll definitely hang out, Corey. See you, Candido. I hear you. I feel you. I can I, I feel the candida around me. <laughs> so what do you think? Obviously, episode nine is the last we'll hear of John Williams. But what do you think they should do for future Star Wars trilogies? Should they move it around person to person or find that one person to take it over and just do it? I think we're in safe hands. Look, at what's the guy's name? Kevin Kiner. Yep. for He did Rebels and Clone Wars. Look at that guy. Uh, we did not. I still kind of don't, but we did. We did not appreciate uh, Giacchino's uh, soundtrack for Rogue One, but there was so much layered in there. He, he slowed down the Imperial March, all that stuff. That was brilliant. I think we're. I think we're in safe hands. I. I don't know how you get into that world. You know what I mean? I don't know how uh, this. I, it's funny you ask me this. This leads on to my last kind of my last Mount Rushmore, but but it's gonna be kind of it's safe. Williams has inspired everybody. Everybody like who's he not inspired? No, nobody. His like his music, his 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 soundtracks are the soundtracks of our of our lives, not just our youth, but our lives. It's crazy. The, the longevity and the. The quality and the breadth of his work is just—it's—it's—it doesn't make sense that somebody could do all this. Who can take over, though? I mean, I—I'd love—I'd love to ask him. I'd love to go, John Williams. Who's your natural heir? You know what? I think he—I he, don't think he'd say anything. I think he's too modest. I think he'd—he'd—he right. he'd, would totally pass the question. I got—I was at a thing a couple of years ago uh, with you know Roger Daltrey from the Who course and i was like uh who it was like a kind of q a thing and i was like who, who do you think the who's natural heirs are and i knew the answer in my head that i wanted him to say and he was like oh pearl jam i was like yes <laughs> you get it that's nice. exactly what he meant to say and i was like yeah okay moving so on I'd love to, <laughs> yeah that's awesome i'd um, love to know i don't know his well, still, I, I'm also a huge Star Wars music junkie. Mm. So we're going to the theater. It's December 2022. We're sitting down to watch Ryan Johnson's first movie or Benioff and Weiss's first movie. Yeah. Does the title card say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? And do we still get that opening title 
that we're so used to for 42 years? Or do they are they going to change it for a new era of Star Wars? Should, will they and should they? It's two different questions. I'm taking a deep breath. I'm going to go, it, it better. It better. It has to. It has to it be there? Has to, it has to be there. Not for me. Not for you. Not for our generation. It has to be. It has to be. Who else? What else? It has to be there. I tend to agree. I think there's two, there's two pieces of music that I think need to carry over into across all star wars and one is the opening title yeah and the other is the force theme i think those two oh. need to carry across but you see the force theme is luke's theme yeah that's it is true but i i think everybody's kind of adopted it as the force theme right but that will you're right that will miss hey, some people got, who hey, look I, deep i've got no problem i've got no problem like <laughs> yeah <laughs> bring it it has to be it has to be i think and I, by the way by the way you know no, we're talking about the magic of it. We're talking about the heart of it. But but in terms of, if you look in Disney eyes, they look at the branding of it. And branding is kind of, you know, that's the thing. This again ties into my last one. And, you know, there's millions of kids out there that grew up with, you know, the Clone Wars and the other weird version of the, of the opening crop. Yep. You know the and you know the guy going, you know, the, you know the little yeah, the, the pulpy the news, news reporter guy. Yep, that you know that's gonna tie in. You know what I mean? They will never drop that, and if they do, they're crazy because then it's just another movie. Yeah, there are certain no elements movie. that make Star Wars Star Wars, and I think the way the movie kicks off. Absolutely, no movie does that. No movie. No, does and, that. And, and George Lucas. Got in trouble for that, right? Like that's that's one of the reasons right. why he exited the Directors Guild, I think, in the seventies, yeah, yeah. that he wanted the movie to start this way. But according to union rules or whatever, the movie had to start with opening credits where you listed the director and the stars and the writer and the blah blah blah. You had yeah. to start a movie that way. And he said, "No, I'm not. This is the way I want my movie to start." And when you think about it, like who who's doing that now? Nobody. Well, I, and nobody can. Nobody I, I did, can. did. I think. I, I wonder if they've laxed the rules on that because I think to all the the Marvel movies that we watch now, I don't recall seeing director names at the beginning either. Or Good actors. Point. I, I wonder if George. Oh, I don't remember Good seeing point. any of that in in these superhero films. I, I, I think maybe they've all actually just adopted, or maybe they've adjusted the rules. But you're right. I haven't seen that. Like they just the, the, said, we're doing this. Two, You're gonna throw us all at it. Uh, Kevin Smith had those two guys that wrote. Did you hear that that podcast? Kevin Smith had those two guys that wrote. They actually wrote Endgame on his podcast. Yeah, and on, they um, they spilled the whole beans about everything. Yeah, on Fat Man on Batman back when it was called yeah. Fat Man on Batman at at the. Uh, Scum oh no, and no, 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 this one's only like last week. Oh no, I didn't hear and, that one yet. I'll send you a link. They they went. They spilled the whole beans on everything that they could. You know what I mean? But it's a fascinating listen. But the same thing. You're right. They get into the whole can the hierarchy of it all. Like you know, you've got like he, Kevin's like you know. So if you want to get Captain Marvel coming out of here doing this, how do you do that? Who who approves that? 
like what's the budget and stuff and they go and they explain it they go well there's this person this person and then top Kevin Feige he's God <laughs> and that's it <laughs> you know what I mean so the same thing in terms of you're right about the whole thing about the director's names and the cast names being dropped they get into that at some point and about the same way I think Star Wars changed that it that must doesn't have. happen anymore yeah, or they, or maybe anymore. they allow exceptions for that because superhero movies are so big now and so there's so many of them that yeah. they, they've had to make that exception. Otherwise, this this type of public fight would would happen all the time. I just want my Obi Wan series. Yeah, you're gonna put, get it. Put on. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't want to get your hopes up, but it's coming. <laughs> okay, number three. Well, actually, one one last thing on on Williams. We said we yeah. said we'd make it quick, and we didn't. But um, he's worth it. he's worth it. He's worth it. Uh, your favorite Star Wars soundtrack? Oh, easy. Well, you mean you mean whole soundtrack or just one track? Both. Let's answer both. Ah oh, man, easy. Not a worry. Favorite thing ever, apart from the weird laser noises, at uh, Yoda's thing. Nice. Yoda, just like that whole thing. It's like, I want that played in my funeral. I really do. Yoda's thing, just sitting there, and he's like, you know, he lifts his little claw, and you think, what's this little Muppet doing? And then you go, okay, that's what that little Muppet can do. <laughs> you know, no, nothing comes close. But, favorites of all. Um, I, I heard friends of ours, James O'Flaherty, um, giving out about Ray's theme. You can't fault that. That's, it's glorious. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely glorious. Ray's theme and the spark when Luke walks in to meet Ray, or sorry, Leia, you know, are you not a balling mess? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. I, I know exactly I what you one. mean. I couldn't pick one. I couldn't pick one. Someone here is selling the original three soundtracks on vinyl and he's selling them for 50 quid. And I'm like, are they there? And they look all kind of, a little bit beaten up, but I'm like, oh, I want them. <laughs> I want them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're nice to have. I can, I can tell you that. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go, let's go into name number three. Easy. Corey, Corey, are you out there? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Corey, I'm going to loop all this one for Corey. Um, Joe Johnson, Lauren Peterson, Phil Tippett, all those guys in the, I, I counted, I counted the names. There's 120 people that worked in the original model shop and the original Lucasfilm setup that built and made all the models and, and ships and painted all those kind of like everything. You know, all of that, all of them. Yeah, the, the work they did. It must have been hilarious at the time to be in that creature department going, what are we doing? What What are these things? What is this movie we're, this guy's making? This guy's nuts. Weren't they there for like months and just like Lucas came back and was like, it's a stoner factory piss off all of you <laughs> he, he wasn't happy like you know they, they just didn't care they were having fun but I mean, uh, hey, lucas guys, was yeah. demanding right he he 
he wanted things to look a certain way and they just they just couldn't get things to where he wanted them. So No, but I grew up with a thing where it's like you know, that's I just you want to design things and you want to build things and you want to do things and that was the magic. Yeah, but those guys got the thing and got the job and they're all stoked. <laughs> well, that, that <laughs> cantina they, scene sticks in your head forever. All those different weird-looking creatures. That's more on that's more on London than it is on than it is on Lucasfilm. <laughs> I think, but you know, we can get into that. But eh. so, really, like the the creature department is is on your Mount Rushmore as as a whole. Not the creature department, the, the model department, shipbuilding department. Oh, the shipbuilding department. Right. Guys. I'm all, yeah, I'm the shipbuilding department. Yeah, those exactly. guys. Yeah, I, 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 I was waiting for you too. to say Stuart yeah. Freeborn along with that group, but yeah, you're right. You're talking about yeah, the, the, the model makers. He did okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a given. I thought he was like George. I meant to ask you, is George is a given on this list, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's the only guy we can't say on this on this show because he'd be all on right. everybody's list and we'd all be bored. Okay. It's, it's a given. It. <laughs> it's a given. Ew. You take, you take no, him off the I, list and you get no Star Wars. Well, like that, that kind of like kick bashing and the, you know, the attention to detail. I watched a video today, an interesting video uh, about the Mandalorian and it's Dave Filoni talking about 3D printing, all the kind of kick bashing and literally kick bashing and making the Mandalorian series happen and how it's going to happen. I was like, this is exactly the spirit of Star Wars. This is those guys just sticking bits of airplane models on, on models they've built to make it real. This, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, this is true Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, this is Dave, uh, uh, John Favreau going back and and, and channeling, Tapping into the, the the spirit of the OT and what made that special, and blending in the the technology that he's kind of pioneered with with Jungle Book yeah. and and Lion King and all that stuff. But yeah, he's 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 totally keen on the whole OT aspect, the the cool costumes, the models. I can't wait to see that. Oh my god! Just how much trust do we have? Like this is going to be awesome. That series is going to kill it. Um. We know Game of Thrones is finishing up, but every company in the world, like Disney's and Amazon's and Netflix's, they're looking around going, let's take over. You know, the, the throne is empty now. You know, Star Wars is coming for it. Lord of the Rings is coming for it. You know, anything can happen now. Anything can happen. We are in a, such a different world where, you know, 40 years ago, there was Star Wars and... And then everything else was a distant second. Now there's there's so exciting. Everything there's so much now, and there's so much good stuff. It's so exciting. All right, so yeah, those those models. Uh, <laughs> favorite ships? What do you, what are your favorite models? Kyle, get get the get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we know about the Falcon. We already know that that that's that's got to be near the top of your list, but. Are you a Star Destroyer um, so guy or are you Ham, an X-Wing guy? Hamill, Ham, Hamill put a great thing up there that he retweeted a great thing. Mark Hamill, and he was like, so someone said, if you had five minutes in here and could run out with one thing, what would it be? And it was that picture of George Lucas with all the thousands of models around him from 
80s. You remember, it's like everything. Death Star, right? Every single model in my cat was all around him. And I was like, oh my God! <laughs> I've looked at that picture since I was a kid. You know, you want all of it. For sure. But um, I want the, I want the, I want the, I want the five foot Millennium Falcon Empire Strikes Back model with with the five landing gear, not the three landing gear from A New Hope. Yeah, I mean, what can be said about the Falcon? It's such a weird looking piece of junk, but it's still the best ship ever. Hey, 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 hey! hey, hey. You be careful, then. <laughs> <You> be careful. <laughs> it really is, though. I mean, it's it's the hamburger with the olive on the side, but with a bite taken out, it's. But it's so I, good. I get in fights with people sometimes online. You go, because you know the way the set, as we understand it, inside the ship, couldn't actually physically fit inside the ship as we see it on screen. Like, it would need to be a lot bigger. I'm like, so if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to build it properly sized. And you, then you can ship it to things like celebration and let people go walk through or let sick kids stay now. But then that whole thing about, you know, the magic of the, the kind of the camera's eye. It's a, it's a strange one. Absolutely, for sure. Maybe Galaxy's Edge, right? That's that's the place to go if you want to go step up onto the Falcon and walk around. Let's not get into that. <laughs> Let's not. It'll, it'll Let's only make not us sad. All right, so that's it. We got we got the model makers. We've got J.W. Rinsler. We've got John Williams. That's it. We got one, one, we more. Got one more vacancy. Who we got here? We got one more. The future. I'm going to keep that last Mount Rushmore face blank. There are kids out there right now, and they're watching Rebels, and they're watching Clone Wars, and they're watching the prequels, and A New Hope. They're like four and five and six. They're going to be the future designers of Star Wars. They're going to be the ones that write the new Star Wars. They're going to like be the ones that bring this home and make it amazing. And that is so them. well said. Yeah, there is. And there's, there's loads of them. There's loads of them. There's a little kid out there right now going, I'm drawing lightsabers. <laughs> I'm drawing Ezra doing this. I'm drawing like Ahsoka doing this. Those kids are coming and they're going to be the next thing. It's It might only be two or three of them, but they're coming. Absolutely. They are. Yeah, that, that's you know one of the things I keep hitting on is that we need the future generation to be inspired. We can't just let. We can't just have this thing die on the vine with with the things that we grew up with. They they need stuff for them, and that's the only way this thing works. It doesn't work any other way. Well, Dave, that's a, that is a pretty awesome Mount Rushmore, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> that is pretty damn awesome. I love it. I love the the unique story that you brought. Super, Last super loophole. Cool. Last loophole. Oh, one Can more loophole. Put... The bonus loophole. All right. <laughs> Did Corey put, put you up yeah. to this? <laughs> <laughs> He's in my heart, man. <laughs> we need to put like just the Yoda ears either end of the Mount Mer- Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two gigantic. Consider it national, done. National monument 
ear ears. Yoda ears. That's all. Consider it Either done. Cool. <laughs> 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 all right dave that's that's gonna do it for this edition of worthy of recognition thank you so much man this has been awesome i it, it took us this long to sit down to do it's it but I'm, I'm glad we did it's an honor all right my friend. i'll never listen to it but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks dave. thanks for the support <laughs> love you buddy <laughs> patreon.com <laughs> <laughs> That makes up for it. There you go. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Worthy Recognition. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you again soon. Mm-hmm.